imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Total Protonic Reversal. Protonic Reversal. Protonic Reversal. With your host, Conan Neutron. Broadcasting from a secret underground lair in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. A gigantic middle finger to everything that is rock. About music, rock and roll, and cover power. The thing is, though, if you don't laugh, you're going to go on a killing spree to shop and nail it. Confidence of a hero or a fool. I wasn't exactly certain which. Could not be more professional. It's It means something. You know, that's my take on it. Like, what's yours? Protonic Riversall! That's like a science thing, right? Indeed, indeed, indeed is a science thing. It is a science place. It is a scientific fact. We are all up in your face. It is time once more for the one, the only... Protonic Reversal! Welcome to it, welcome to it, welcome to it. Special Tuesday edition, Quarantimes, of the ye old, ye old, sure, ye oldy Protonic Reversal. And uh, I have none other than uh, two-thirds of the mighty Nonagon. Uh, I've got uh, John and Robert. Uh, thank you thank you guys so much for being on the show. Uh, this is, uh, I'm surprised we haven't done this before, frankly. I've got to oh, fire you know, my producer. When you only put out a record every 17 years, you know. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> so it has been it has been a bit since uh, and the previous records are both the uh, the last two are both EPs. Right. right? Yeah. Uh, which I love. And, and and anyone that will listen, I have I have I have told the tale of Nonagon to anyone that will I listen. I know. We're very, very grateful. Thank you. Uh, and uh, I, I'm, I've certainly been a passionate advocate for you guys, but. I guess it's one of those things I never thought about them in terms of, of uh, EPs. It was more just, oh, that record's so good, you want to play it again immediately. And like some of that maybe because uh-huh. of length, right? <laughs> it's not just quality, maybe it's also length. Uh, but this this is a, this is an honest-to-goodness full-length record. Of course, the record, which I should, should mention, is uh, called uh, They Birds. And uh, it's... Very beautiful. The artwork is very awesome, uh, and it actually comes with a cool little uh, little, little book. And I believe that's uh, that's you, Mr. Gomez, right? That's uh, that's yes, you're doing. Yes, it would be. Yeah. Also, hello. Uh, hi. How are you? <laughs> how are you guys? You get? Are you are you having? A, are you having a good quarantine? You you doing okay? You, you, you getting by? This is this has been like the best year of my life. It's been fabulous. <laughs> I don't think he's joking. <laughs> I honestly don't. Robert hates people. This is worked out really well for him. It's a misanthrope's dream. <laughs> no, no. I mean, it, it's uh, it's been. You know, I'm sure everybody has variations of the same answer. It's been weird, but you know, we've made the best of it. In some ways, you know, I, I feel a little bit of survivor guilt. You know, Christy and I, the woman who was nice enough to marry me. We have a, a little hut in the woods that we've been able to like basically quarantine in, and even though cabin fever has set in on occasion, for the most part, it's been it's been doable. So, did you? And and that's and that's great, and that's a good place to be, uh, for sure. And it's, I think it's something where 
as you mentioned, it is something that is discussed often on this show. But I think the answers are always interesting, right? Because a lot of times, you know, some people are having easier times than others. But it's interesting to see who can, uh, who can like work through it, how they're doing it. <laughs> it's amazing to find out how many other misanthropes there are in the world. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, affable or otherwise, <laughs> I'm fully aware that my, you know, I do feel a little bit of survivor's guilt for sure. Like, you know, my my privilege has definitely paved the way for me being able to be where I am right now. And, uh, you know, uh, it's I definitely have friends who are who are going through it a bit harder. But everybody's making the best of of what they have, you know. And I, and you know, the resilience that I've seen in a lot of people has been really inspiring. Definitely. Uh, did you did you find that? So when did you guys start making this record? Was this recorded pre-pandemic or was this a, a post-pandemic record? Yeah, it was. A, it was a twenty nineteen. We kind of we had plans to record it actually pretty early twenty nineteen, and then there were issues with uh, our our engineer uh, had uh, broke his leg or fell off a skateboard or something, and and so we had a, a couple months of uh, like we had to keep pushing it back, pushing it back. And we ended up, I think, finally getting the final bit of recording done in December of 2019. And I think at that point, we're like, all right, th- we're going to have this out by summer. We're going to push it really quick and we're going to get out there by summer. And then yeah, the a bunch pandemic- of tour dates lined up. Yeah. The whole yeah. Thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's where you cue the uh, the gif of the uh, the guy throwing the papers up in the air. I was like, oh, all right. Yeah. I'm sorry, Robert, I interrupted you. What were you, you going to say? Uh, no, I wasn't going to say anything. I was just, <laughs> but, but you got it, you got it in kind of right at the, right before pandemic started and you had pandemic band plans. Like you, you had the idea that like yeah. you were going to be, you were going to be doing stuff in 2020 that wasn't, uh, you know, binge watching whatever show that everyone's looking at at that moment in time. Yeah. And, and I think we probably, I don't think it, like there was an issue with, places not being able to press the record or, or whatnot, if I'm not mistaken. I think we could have gone forward with it, but it just seemed like, well, what's the point, you know? <laughs> and it just, after after a year, though, it's like, well, we got to do it. Any, we better do it now because there's no other, you know, there's no options now. We can't have a, a release show or anything like that. Yeah. But uh, and, and the wind was out of our sails. I mean, seriously, in my mind, you know, in my unguarded moments, I was like, this is going to be the year of Nonagon. We're going to have a new <laughs> record. Right. We're going to play more out-of-town shows than we've ever played. We actually had, like, a, you know, a couple short tours, like, all figured out, like, the whole thing. And uh, and then once that balloon burst, it was like, oh, we've got this thing in the can. What? Oh, let's just let it sit there for a bit, you know. Well, and there was that original idea of like, oh, okay, well, spring's screwed up, but I'm sure this will be sorted out by summer. You know. Yeah, we always we all thought it was going to be the 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 seasonal thing that they always, they kept saying at the beginning. Oh, the flu! It's like the flu; it'll go away in the summer. Yeah, and and then oh, everyone's going to abide by good safety standards, so this will be over pretty quick. This right. is like the only unifying thing we could ever. Oh, okay. Huh? Well, all right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Totally. Should, that, this just, two, 20, 2020 should have been the year we planned our tour of Taiwan and Australia and New Zealand because that would have worked out perfectly. That would have, that would have been really well. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Would have been great. Yeah, but once again, human nature screwed up Nadegan's plans. So let me, you know, it's amazing for as much as I know about you guys and, and know with you guys. I actually don't really know anything about how the band started. And let, let's just get into a little bit of the background just for, you know, 
I, of course, I know, but for the listeners, uh, John and Robert, uh, <laughs> to get uh, this a little more to how you guys started, um, et cetera, et cetera, because you're a very long running band and, uh, you know, something where I, I couldn't imagine, it, you know, Nonagon being anything but you three guys, one of which is conspicuously absent, I'm just going to point out right now. Uh, so <laughs> Tony's, yeah. Tony's worth like Tony's worth Tony's the other half. The two of us are worth half. Tony's the other half. <laughs> so he's worth a full half. So, so give me like, uh, you know, and this, this, either one of you can, can, can feel this. You can trade off however you like, but give me the origin story encapsulated as, as best you can for how Nonagon came to be. Uh, well, first off, John and I knew, knew each other from, uh, school more of like acquaintance. We weren't like great pals hanging out all the time, but we knew each other. And there was a point at some point by, by the time we were all leaving school, we actually had a, a jam session with, with another band that I was in back in, back in college where he played, we had a, we were a drum machine band, but John said, Hey, I've got a drum set. And he played drums with us. And that was kind of the last I, we, we hung out for a weekend. That was the last I saw of him until 2000 when I moved to Chicago and I, we crossed paths. But in the meantime, John knew Tony and here is that story. <laughs> and it goes a little something like this <laughs> tony and i tony and i were um we had a mutual friend by the name of brian vaughn who had gone to school with tony down in carbondale way back in the day and uh brian and i had become friends and uh he had been he had knocked around in a bunch of bands including the baltimores out of chicago and uh he said yeah let's start playing some music and we got another professional friend of ours and when i say professional we were like booksellers and you know and sure. uh freelance journalists so it wasn't exactly like professional but um we got our friend mark pearson who went on to be in the boston band neptune um, oh right he, i love neptune that was a great band yeah man they made just, all their yeah. own instruments like that was that was a yeah. great wild band yeah yeah no just just one of the best and and so mark before he was unceremoniously like pinched from our band to, to play with Neptune. Um, uh, Tony, Brian Vaughn, Mark Pearson and myself had a band called the metric system. Um, and we wrote a bunch of songs and we finally played one show together at the fireside. So that you'll, that'll tell you how long ago, uh, if you're from Chicago, that'll tell you how long ago this was. We played one show together at the fireside with Neptune and then a like two weeks later, Mark's like, oh, "I've got bad news for you." <laughs> I'm like, "I'm, I'm, I'm heading east," which we couldn't, we couldn't fault him for at all. I'm going to Neptune. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and so there was this fallow period, but Tony and I had hit it off as good friends, and so, and we were just like, "Hey, let's let's try and do this." Tony's like, "Do you know somebody who plays bass?" I'm like, "Well, just I just connected with this guy that I knew from Champagne. You know, let's uh, let's see how it works out." And the rest is uh, history. Eighteen years later. <laughs> so then, so then, tell me about the run up towards the first record, which is the one I know nothing about. Like I came in with people live everywhere. That's that's kind of my entry point. Uh, I think with a lot of the same people that we know uh, to you guys' band. But like, like, I went for years without even realizing there was anything before that. So tell tell me a little bit about No Sun, uh, the the path towards like becoming a band, and then what that what that one was all about. Um, No Sun was like, okay, it was a while after we had been together, but we had been playing around quite a bit and we finally had, again, it's an EP, six songs or whatever it was <laughs> put together and we wanted to record it and that was a big thing. And, uh, and we'd heard of this electrical place that they, they do music at 
and uh, and we, <laughs> they, we thought the music. <laughs> we were like, well, we're getting old or whatever, and that was back then when we weren't old. But we're like, we, we, you know, we should do this. We got to go and uh, do this at the at the cool studio, and uh, yeah. and it be, it was a, for me. It's the first time I've ever been in a recording studio. Tony's been in other bands, and John's been in other bands who've done stuff at studios. But it was for me. It was like, wow, this is this is like cool. It was the first one I've been to, and it's awesome. And we recorded the album and uh, CD only. <laughs> but that was Which, uh, but the thing was the style then. <laughs> that was so it was the style of the time. No, but but, yeah. but uh, like I'm joking. I say that in a funny voice, but it actually is true. Like I mean, I the band I was in, you know, we sold CDs hand over fist. Never had a vinyl release. It was sort of like, oh well, no one's gonna want that. We did not sell them hand over fist. <laughs> <laughs> so quit your bragging there, Conan. <laughs> it was not meant to be a brag. <laughs> that was just more like, hey, I'm glad those sold out because I, otherwise, I, you know, they'd be, they'd be sitting in the basement along with all of this, you know, unsold records. Uh, <clears throat> so, yep. so uh, anyway, so. Uh, <clears throat> and our, our problem, though, with that first album is that it was at Electrical, and we were all very nervous about being there and, and doing it. And I think it kind of comes through in the recording a bit maybe. And, and, and we, you know, so we, you're not going to hear us playing many songs of that, that record anytime soon, but, but it, it was like uh, very much at the time it was cool, but in hindsight, it's like, well, we, sh- we, we were really very nervous about it. And John, I think one of the big issues like John had like, like, Oh, it just doesn't sound like it sounds in the practice space. And, and, and in the end, after fiddling around so much, it maybe didn't work out the way we wanted to. And, but I mean, I still think it's a great sounding record, but it just, it, we were picturing coming out sounding like, Oh yeah, we're going to sound like uh, shellac, exactly like shellac because we're in the same room that they recorded, you know, and yeah. it didn't quite work out that way. <laughs> Turns out we didn't have the songs. What do you yeah. know? Yeah. Well, the band, yeah, the, you know, there is, you know, it's not really, sexy you don't really hear many behind the musics about it or necessarily but like a band finds its voice it finds its footing it finds its sound and it doesn't always happen immediately and it's you know there's a lot of fetishism for a band's first record but i think that i mean i think it's interesting some of my favorite bands you know it's like oh no it's the second one or the third one or something where it's like oh no then it got really good and i think that that's perfectly legitimate and uh, again i didn't realize there was one before for years but bob chapman in the chat box says uh, first time i saw nonagon they were literally tossing free copies of no sun from the stage <laughs> 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 which is a delightful visual uh yeah i mean you know i mean i i'm, I'm super proud of the record don't get me wrong it's just that we listen to it now and um you know, Tony says it best. We just, we're spazzes, you know, yeah. I, it was the kind of thing where we had spent a long time kind of writing and working on those songs and they they were pretty complicated songs, but the problem is as we learned to play them better, they got easier for us to play. So what we did is we sped them up to make them harder to play because <laughs> that was our comfort zone. Right. So right. The, the songs on the record are probably at like, I don't want to say double speed is what they were originally written at, but they're a lot. I listen to that now and I'm like, who the, like, who are these crazy kids? You know, it's, yeah. it's nuts. Did you feel like you had, you were trying to prove something yourselves or just, uh, no, we're just spazzes. <laughs> That's about right. That's about right. No, I mean, it's like, I think we always felt like we were trying to do something hard. And so we would try and just make it hard on ourselves you know, like unnecessarily so sometimes. And I think, you know, 
in talking about the new, like the, the night and day between that record and this record is that I think we're more confident. I think we let the songs breathe more. Yeah. I think we, you know, we, we understand we've become just, you know, a little more mature. We've, we've discovered that there's metronomes that you can practice too. <laughs> <laughs> that don't automatically speed up. <laughs> yeah, metronome technology in 1920 sorry 2006 was just it was terrible like you know it was the metronome stone ages then you yeah had to get like a, a wood-burning metronome and you know make sure you get <laughs> logs exactly yeah. exactly and the practice space was already so hot yes yeah. <laughs> well and, and i do want to speak about the the new record and go into it in depth but if you if you fellas don't mind uh you know i'm such a huge fan of uh people live everywhere and last hydronaut uh if, if you could speak a little bit to both those records because i feel like just out of the gate I think people live everywhere. Sort of when I think of Nonagon, it's like, oh, 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 interesting. Okay, this, 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 because and it's it's not like um, it's got pizzazz, you know. And, and certainly there's antecedents for it. You know, I think I at one point said like, you know, Hoover, Ten Grand, Fugazi, things along those lines. Uh, and to me, it, it was it's right down the line for all that stuff. But with your own your own unique voice, which is which is not as common as I would like it to be. So, I mean, there was a like, what, four-year gap between those, right? Does that, does that seem accurate? I'll say that's a reasonable guess. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you uh, and you tracked that one with Justin, right? Mr. Uh, Justin Foley, yeah. friend of the both show. Both of those. Yeah, both of those were done at Kurgalen Studios in Queens with Justin Foley. Um, and the first one, People Live Everywhere, the one that you were just mentioning, that was kind of a fluke. Like, he really hadn't recorded any bands other than his own in that shed up to that point. And we were there for a barbecue. We were there to play a, a small festival um, in Brooklyn uh, that um, uh, you know a lot of our friends were also playing at. And we were like, well, in our free time, while we're you know, basically helping to run this small festival, in our free time, we'll just, we'll go and lay down some tracks. And um, you know, you know Justin, <laughs> Justin being a devotee of, of electrical audio and like having, you know, exchanged notes with Steve on several occasions was really wanting to get, he wanted to learn how to record drums because his band, the Austerity Program, um, is, a, is a drum machine band. So he really wanted to concentrate on, on, on recording drums, right? And so we spent a good chunk of time miking up those drums and then recording the drums and then playing it back almost as a goof. And then the first time we heard the drum playback, we were like, oh, Oh no, we really need to be taking this seriously right now. Yeah, like, like this, this sounds pretty good. <laughs> yeah, this isn't this isn't a weekend lark, right? Yeah, We've yeah, really yeah. let's let's kind of f and do this, you know. And so we did. How'd you feel about the the songs at that point? Did you did it feel like you know you you guys had like locked in who you were and, and what you were doing? Because it certainly sounded like that from the point of the record, view of the record from uh, as a listener standpoint. I think so. Yeah. I mean, we, we had had, uh, like our, yeah, I, I think immediately after the first EP came out, we kind of, this is how it, the cycle always is. Then we just, we kind of abandoned those songs and start working on new songs after that. And so recipe for, we've only got, room, yeah. we've only got room in our heads for so many songs. Yeah. At a time, <laughs> and then, and just the whole, the whole looseness of that, of that sesh, <laughs> was, uh, oh, I hate you. <laughs> the, the whole looseness of it was uh, very 
it was very comfortable, unlike the nervousness of our first record. And it was it was just fun to do. And and we, we were all having a good time. And it was like the, the nerves weren't there. And I, like we may not have even played through our our own gear. But, you know, I think you, we may have brought a, your head or something, but it was like all shared gear. So it's not necessarily like we're not like chasing a specific tone that we normally get, but it all, but Justin was like, we well, trust him. He does this stuff here. And you know, if we sound like austerity, program, cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's worse bands to, <laughs> to sound like, and also no matter what, I mean, you're going to sound, you're going to sound like yourselves, uh, you know, which is, which is not a bad thing either, but it's, it seems like having someone kind of, you know, in the family, well, I guess literally in the family uh, also probably helps just give a comfortable air to the recording environment. I would imagine. Yeah, no, it was, it was really great. It was really fun, but it was a lot of late nights because you know we're we're attending this festival. We're only there for like a four day weekend, you know, and we would come back and I think we had like most of Sunday to work on it, and that was it. Like, there's no like, you know, we were recording, overdubbing vocals and mixing, all in that that really short period of time. Which is a good thing we only well you know we only picked five or six songs to do or whatever it was but it was still a lot it was still a lot yeah. but I, I'll tell you I think like of the records up to this point um, it, that's my favorite like I mean I just I feel like I feel like we um, to answer the question I think you started to ask earlier that's the one where I think the songwriting like was where I trusted it you know. And uh, and and I listen to that one with more fondness than I do um, Last Hydronaut or No Sun. And I don't know why. I don't know why. It's, hmm. it's, it puts me in a better headspace. So then let's talk a little bit about Last Hydronaut. Of course, that one, we're going back to uh, Robert's artwork there. There's the, the accident, the excellent, uh, it's a woodcut, right? Or is, is it a, it's a woodcut, right? It's a woodcut digitally colored. Yeah, uh, it's, a, kind no, of... it's supposed to. It's black and white in normal life, in 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 the real world, but on the album cover, I've I colored it. And uh, this one, there's some there's there's some there's some rubber vocals on on there too. You know, that's, oh, that's good. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Sorry to all our fans. <laughs> Wait, there's some what on there? What? <laughs> Robert vocals. <laughs> oh, Robert vocals. Oh yeah. I was seeing no, that deeply conspiratorial me? tone. Sorry. It's... <laughs> Super excited about the Robert vocals because you killed it. But you know, you, you killed it. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah I you did. It. <laughs> killed it. Super, super dead. No, now that you, you mentioned late. it, I did kill it. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, and, and again, this is this is also uh, with Justin, presumably not while trying to uh, split time between massive yeah, other was... social activities <laughs> at the same time. We did have we did make sure there was a show out there in New York to give us another reason to be out there. But I, we were we went there with the plan of recording, and I believe we both John and I got sick that weekend. And like John went may have gone back to record vocals, but I know I can hear it in my my one vocal track that I'm like I'm a little <clears throat> a little raspy there. That like, I'm like I, could, I remember we were sick that weekend too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you have any uh, any other memories other than being being sick while uh, you know having to do vocals uh, for uh, Last Hadronaut? Which is, I think, I mean, I think that for for most folks, uh, you know, I think People of Everywhere is a great introduction to the band. But I think Last Hadronaut's like that's a, that's a good place for people to to get into it as well. There's some total jammers on there as well. Yeah, I feel like I, I thought it would it would have been cool if we had waited. Uh, nine years and released them as like a double 
gatefold sleeve double EP. <laughs> yeah, they kind because of, to me they kind of feel the same. That's a Conan neutron move, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it. Whatever you do, don't do it. <laughs> it's a big pain in the ass. <laughs> that would be funny because because well, and you know you bring up an important point because it's sort of like they're not dissimilar in, in in vibe or sound necessarily they all fit very nicely together i mean there isn't any you know psychedelic explorations or anything <laughs> along those lines that i'm aware of you're not going to get a lot of that from us ever <laughs> I, I, I promise you uh but oh yeah no i've often thought that those two things you know like you know had we been a little more patient um you know that would have been a great that would have been great lp like a great full-length lp you know one side uh, people live everywhere. The other side, last hydronaut would have been would have been solid. But you know, at the time it was like, uh, you know, we've got these these six or seven songs. We've got this opportunity to record at a friend's studio and 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 be able to do it on the cheap and be able to have it sound good. Uh, we have a very limited amount of time, um, it, so why not do it and let you know? And so and so we did, and we did that twice in a row, and it was in both cases the right call for us, like no question. I thought that the art print coming with it was a real cool move and something that, you know, at the time, because we're talking like that's like almost eight years ago, like seven and a half years ago or something along those lines. And I feel like now people have gotten more inventive about their packaging and, you know, including cool stuff like that. But I thought that at the time I was like, oh, wow, there's an art print that comes with this. Like, how cool. Huh, neat. Only for pre-orders, though. So, you know, you got to put your special edition on discords that says... Did somebody say (laughs) pre-orders? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, no. That was a... If you have one of those, Conan, that's pretty badass because not not everybody did. Yeah. So thanks for your pre-order. Maybe maybe you should stop advertising about it. <laughs> I, I thought it was a cool move. Let's put it that way. No longer comes with pre-order. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't go with it. You can't. It's pretty, pretty late for the pre-order at this point. <laughs> okay, so then let's, 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 uh, one, then there's a couple splits and things. Cool, 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 cool. But like, we're here to talk about the new record, uh, which of course, they birds thinking about you know cool things that come with it and you have i i just i have the thing on the screen and this is again doesn't help for the uh for the folks listening in right now but it comes with a gorgeous uh would you, would you call it a, a booklet uh like a chat book like some kind of you know in betweener um, a leaflet no. it, it comes with reading material it comes with a manifesto you know our manifesto yeah exactly <laughs> yeah that that started out as uh as uh john's like i, I think i want to put the lyrics in the record like and he had ideas. Well, let's do a lyric sheet, and and then there was probably it probably came up like, oh, that wouldn't it be cool if it was a book? And then both the other guys in the band are like, oh yeah, that would be cool. I was like, oh god, <laughs> <laughs> are you saying I gotta make a book now? <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be a lot of work, boys. <laughs> uh, well, but it's a very, I mean, it, it's it's not it's not a half-assed thing. Like this is a cool this is a cool little thing to, when you when you open it up, like you know. Christ, half the time you buy a record, you just hope, I guess, hey, I'm going to download code in here. Like, is this is this sleeve going to be, like, made of, like, toilet paper? Like, what, you know, like, you're, you're hoping for the best. <laughs> well, hats off to Jerry Durr from the amazing um, Freight Tree Records out of Cincinnati. He's in the amazing band, uh, Knife the Symphony. Um, but he is also a printing professional who um, this booklet wouldn't have happened without him agreeing to, like, kind of on the cheap in his off hours at his place of employment, like, kind of... Uh, you know, like work it out for us. So um, that's the reason 
the production quality of it looks so good. The texture on the cover, yeah. like the you know the, the the clarity of the pages, you know, it's just it's an amazing thing that he did for us. It certainly doesn't seem like an afterthought. Let's put it that way. Like this, this is like a legit. <laughs> it's only going to increase in value. This seems like a... <laughs> <laughs> now. How much would you pay? Pre-order. <laughs> but it it does. You know, it's it's a nice it's a nice little thing, and it's it's not the same amount of surprise I have. That like there was there was a. I want to say it was like a Kid A or Amnesiac, where they had the booklet hidden under the CD tray. This is some real, like, okay, Gen X. Oh, yeah. You know I've, I've, had a, I've had a few of those. Yeah, I remember. I can't remember. I probably had that one, but I think I remember a couple different bands doing that and yeah. just thinking, because you could see it through the little pinwheel of like, the thing, the clasp that held in the, the, yeah, the yeah, disc. Yeah. And you'd be like, oh, wait, there's something down there. And then you'd, like, break the thing open to see what it was. And it's like, oh, my God, there's a whole booklet down here. Yeah, yeah. As, as a nerd for things like Crying of Lot 49 and stuff, like I, I always love that kind of thing. And not, not that there's that level of secrecy or anything along the lines with this, but just like, I don't know, if it said anything about there being like a cool little book with it, I certainly didn't see it or I ignored it. So uh, it was a nice surprise. That, that's what I'm getting at. With nice, uh, nice lit ref, bro. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> You're the book dude. That's for guy. I forgot about that. <laughs> hey, book guy, why don't you read us a book? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll be reading to you from They Birds, a comprehensive field guide to the majestic creatures of the night sky. Oh, not night sky, just sky. Anyway, go ahead. No, that's, that's, that's the after dark edition, and you have to pay extra yeah. for that one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Cinemax version. <laughs> the Red Shoe Diaries version. Right, exactly. Dear Penthouse, I never thought it could happen until it happened to me. Uh, so the, and the conceit of, I, I don't know if, if, if we want to explain the uh, the artwork uh, for the folks that, that are just listening, but there are many different creatures with flying uh, apparatus. Apparati? Sure. There's different different methods of flying. And when I'm th- saying flying, I mean in the, like, the newsreels of, like, the before times before airplanes where there's, like, the bicycle with, like, the helicopter thing going and, like... Uh, no, the, oh, yeah, that, you, that stock that stock footage that we've all seen of the fifteen winged plane <laughs> crashing, <laughs> eating it completely. Yeah, totally. Like, <laughs> like that. Here's all the stuff that didn't work. <laughs> so you have like a you know turtle with like rocket boosters and like a tail fin. You you, you, know, you want to be sure that you can maintain your uh, direction. You know, you don't want. That's what I love so much about it, is the attention to detail. Like Robert could have just like flung a bunch of like wings and propellers on a bunch of animals, but you can tell he was like actually like aeronautically thinking about how yeah. these things would work. You yeah. got to worry about the yeah. wow and flutter. You know, you got to make sure that you can <laughs> exactly. change the direction as needed. Exactly. Uh, did did uh, did you have that idea from the beginning, Robert? No, for the... we did not. This is another thing where like I had an idea of. Uh, well, the title came first because we had the title because there, there's a story behind that, but we, we, we discussed that elsewhere. We can talk about it here too, but the title came first. So like, I had this idea for non-bird animals having wings, and I, I, I had vis- envisioned this really elaborate like a school of fish type of thing, swirling image, but uh, that involved too much drawing. <laughs> And, <laughs> oh, I see the problem and, as an artist. You so, don't want to so involve I had, too I had much made drawing. A, yeah. <laughs> I had made all these little illustrations of the animals, and then I was like trying to just kind of uh, Photoshop them somehow together to make something that works. And I had done this one, like, yeah, hey, it looks like a uh, you know 19th century naturalist uh, sheet, you know, that they would have to mark the Latin names of the various animals. 
And I did that version, like, that's kind of cool. But here's my real version, guys. And I had some sort of modern, like, hip colors, like you'd see it at Crate and Barrel. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> all the hipster <laughs> places. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, I showed the, a couple the, those two designs, and then and John and Tony were like, "No, no, we like the one with the uh, with the old timey look to it." I'm like, "Yeah, okay, well, yeah." And then we'll, and and this is something that that would probably have never happened had the album come out when it was supposed to come out because we had a, an extended period of time when we could bounce ideas back and forth. And I think I'm gl- that helped. It, that's one one good thing that came out of that is that we had a little more time to think about the cover and and how we were going to present it. And so. Out of that came this idea, and from there came the booklet and the idea that it's going to be, we're going to have to come up with Latin names for all the songs and, <laughs> and, and everything else. Yeah, uh, having... Oh, go ahead, John, please. Well, I was just going to say, having that extra time, thanks to the pandemic or whatever. Thanks, pandemic. Thank you, pandemic. Again, my privilege showing. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, I mean, th- the good thing about that was that we didn't have to make any rash decisions like you know we got our test pressings back and you know we heard a couple of blips in the test pressing and we were like you know what i think these might be maybe we're being too picky but let's let's send that back and, yeah have and, it be uh, with the thing you, know, you want it to be of course yeah, yeah we're not and we're you know we're doing 180 gram vinyl now available on 180 gram vinyl and you know we're we're doing this right so and we don't have we didn't even have a release date like in mind at that point, like it was open ended. So let's, let's do what we can to make it right. And it was, it was a really great luxury that we were afforded because of that time, I think. Well, and you know, it's a, it's a terrible reason to have this time available, but there's nothing wrong with being able to be, uh, you know, thoughtful towards something that's so important to you. And that, well, I mean, I mean, what it taught me was that this is the way, you know, in my mind's eye, this is the way it always should be. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, I mean, this is if if this is important to you, don't don't fuck around with it. Like, take your time with it. Make the decisions in the time they need to be made. Don't force yourself into like a an artificial kind of timeline um, just for the sake of doing it. And and uh, you know, and and that is a that was a hard lesson to learn. I mean, we're all locked into this habitual you know kind of hamster wheel of making sure that things are you know, progressing in a way that other people will find acceptable. And, uh, and, you know, I, I, I just, you know, this, this gave us the excuse that apparently we've, you know, of course, I'm, this is ridiculous because we've never gone like fewer than four years between a record before this. So, <laughs> you know, but this kind of justified our previous behavior, I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> we, we can call it a retcon. It's okay. <laughs> Well, and I think there's something to be said for that, right? Because there's there's an, there's an audience for what you guys do, and it's engaged. But I think it's important to note that the way you guys do things is, uh, you know, when it's when it's there, it's there. You know, when it's time to record a record, we'll record a record. When it's time to release it, we'll release it. But there's no there's not like a you're not trying to to make sure you can, you can hit a specific time and date for like you know the pr or something necessarily like it's something where it 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 it, the care and craftsmanship for what you guys do shows you know as much as like there's a lot of humor and you know everyone like haha we're having a laugh etc etc and i'm I'm very guilty of that as well uh that it's it matters for the people that it's for because people that it's for matter thank you uh, so. That's really well put. No, that is like that's really well put. 
Like, I wish we'd put that somewhere in the liner notes. Like, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah we'll, we'll have to have a recall and reprint them. Yeah. yeah. Jerry, Jerry, if you're listening, you're on call. We have to do a reprint. Hey, do it for the second edition, you know? <laughs> oh, gosh. That would be great because then we'd actually start making money on this thing. <laughs> yeah. Are you, are you like, this is the per unit cost? I mean, this is like the least sexy thing to talk about, but I mean, let's be real. No, here. I is mean, the per unit cost, like, off the scale here. Tell me more about your unit. <laughs> <laughs> what's, your, what's your recoupment? Let's, I'll tell you what. Robert's unit, you couldn't afford Robert's unit. No. Um, the, uh, the, uh, no, yeah, no, we're selling them at 20, you know, we're selling them at $2 cheaper than we paid for them. When you, when you figure everything in. We know. figure, though, volume, though. We'll make it up on volume. There you go. If we, if we can do a second pressing, if we can do a second pressing, then we'll actually be able to you know pay some bills but you know until then it's just it is what it is and it's a labor of love and if we can come close to breaking even uh on this first time around that's what we'll do well it's interesting because something that i I didn't expect was first of all the rise of like the Bandcamp friday culture and the fact that there would be this awareness connection with artists that otherwise might be able to to tour and otherwise, uh, you know, get the, get these records out in the world, there would not only be acknowledgement of it, there'd be kind of almost like a, a mini movement uh, towards like, hey, let's make sure that, you know, again, if you can, you know, if you're unemployed, don't worry about it. But like, if you got, if you can, you know, put a little bit forward. And that, that's, that's actually been really encouraging. And I feel like it's not articulated that well uh, as a story, but I think that's something that people are going to realize kind of down, down the line a little bit that, and again, it's a drop in the bucket, right? Doesn't it doesn't help uh, you know your venues that are closing and uh, and other things along those lines. Yeah. But it's a yeah. small it's a small mitzvah, I think, is the move to uh, to call that. And then, and once again, I don't have a question for you guys. I've just sort of articulated my points aloud as if this was a TED talk. But that said, <laughs> no, we're with that, you. We're with you. <laughs> not only is the music of quality, the packages, and I think anytime you have a combination of things along those lines. Uh, you're in a good spot, and I think that uh, there's a lot of people, hopefully, that that will uh, check it out, especially listeners of, listeners of the show that maybe listen to this show because they hear like a, a more famous guest or something along those lines. The hopes is always oh, that more they, famous. Wait, what are you talking about? More uh, like, famous like guests. Tony from Nonagon? Hello. Have <laughs> oh you yeah. Hello. Well, if he were here, he would show Paige Hamiltron the door. That's all I need. <laughs> <laughs> No, but that, that is the idea, though, right? It's, it's like, uh, for me, it's all, it's all a river. So the, the idea is like, hey, uh, it's important to advocate for stuff you love. You know, that's one of the, you know, the, this, is, this, is, this is journalism advocacy, you know, just like Breitbart, really. And <laughs> You shut your mouth. The, uh, the thing about the, uh, like, you, you started to touch on it a little bit. The thing about the Band Camp Fridays thing, which is, I mean, it just shows what an upright organization that is, right? And Absolutely. The, the, the quandary for me is I've got no problem with them taking their share. You know exactly. It's like the one company, like, no, you should take your share. You know? <laughs> right, exactly. You are working so hard on my behalf. Yeah. Take your percentage. Like, I almost don't want people to buy our stuff on friday on you know like mm. even this upcoming friday i shouldn't be saying this because it's ridiculous yeah, you're quite the salesman but but i feel he's the like one who came I'm, up with the pricing scheme <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, i the irony of course is that i actually am a salesperson in my like professional life but 
but uh, but yeah, when it comes to this stuff, I've just got no 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 uh, patience for it. I, I I feel like that is an organization that has earned their bones, and yeah. by all means, if you feel like buying it on Friday because you want to give us a little bit of extra money, we will take that to heart, and the mitzvah will be grateful greatly appreciated. But at the same time, we've got no problem with Bandcamp, like you know. There, I mean, PayPal. We can have another discussion. Yeah, I was gonna, about I was gonna say PayPal. Would be, yeah, you guys can. You can lay off for a day, right? That's you, yeah, you're doing right. okay. Spotify. Right. You guys maybe could like take a powder for a day. You know, that, that would be sure. Cool. Yeah, man. PayPal free Fridays. I would be all about that. That oh, would be yeah. Amazing. Let's do a commerce, baby. Let's go. <laughs> I would just. I would just send money back and forth between friends, just because it was free. Yeah. <laughs> why? Freedom. That's why. Right. You send me five. I'll send you five. Let's do this. <laughs> exactly. The system works. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'd like to do, and I think this is actually the original conceit of, of what we were. <clears throat> going to be doing here but i wanted to kind of uh get in how, how are we on time how are we're, we're on fine time? we're fine we're fine don't worry okay. about it don't think about don't think about the clock until i tell you to uh i i wanted to go through it's an interesting record and there, there's a lot to it uh what i want to do is kind of go through song by song you know you can tell me a little about any thoughts behind the songs uh lyrics you know recording notes you know from whence it came etc cetera, etc cetera, things along those lines just anything that's, that comes to mind and I will do my best not to completely and utterly butcher the language, but I'm probably gonna. So let's <laughs> so let's start off with the first one. Subkauda uh, longa susingunt. Is that how you say it? Well, we we prefer to say tuck the long tail under, but mm-hmm. yeah, that's uh, yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Well, do you do we want do we want to do the Latin? You know what? Fuck the Latin, man. Like I mean, it's yeah. It's, we it's, we won't. We had a, a good friend of a good friend of ours, Kaz, uh, helped us with all the actual. Like when when we weren't doing fake Latin, mm-hmm. when we were yeah, trying yeah. to do real Latin, our good friend Kaz like was nice enough to to give it like just say here's what you should say. I don't I don't even think we tried to pronounce it. We just like it cut and cool. pasted it from yeah. her email <laughs> into the booklet. So let's let's just let's do the ugly American thing and we'll and we'll do the American time. I was I was gonna do it as a bit, but that, I mean I just felt so like there's sometimes where it's funny and sometimes like I'm just sad for you that you're trying to say those words and you shouldn't do that. It makes me feel. <laughs> it was, it was a good bit, but it, it should have ended the way it ended. Yeah, like, yeah, this is good. So. Now we can move on. Yeah, no, it was fun. It was good. So tuck the long tail under. Tell me about that one. As it shall henceforth be known. Uh, that's a big hit. <laughs> They're all hits, really. But that's a big one. It's, well, that's the, one, that's the song that your mom will like. Uh, it's, it's, it's the, it's the like, I don't know, Poppy's the right term, but it, it's the one that, it, not as abrasive as the other. It's mm-hmm. a nice roll into the album. Uh, my recollection of it, the only thing I, I like that sticks out for me is that my parts, I'm the bass player, hi, Robert, um, my parts were uh, <laughs> were uh, written on a baritone guitar because for like five minutes I'm like, hey, I, guys, I bought a baritone guitar. Let's see if I can, we can do something. And then I'm like, nah, there's too many strings, but I, this, I could play this on bass. <laughs> but that's, that's what I remember of I the creation of that song. That. I yeah. forgot all about that. No, I mean it's it's one of my favorites. I mean, for me, it's a it's a barn burner. I'm a huge fan of hooks. You know, I'm yeah. a, I'm a pop yeah. guy at heart, and uh, it's got pretty big hooks. Came, like it's a it's a hooky tune. Yeah. Well, it's you know it's just and it's 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 melodic and um, but then it also has you know the B and C parts like have a bit of bite to them and mm-hmm. uh, you know it, it just came together in a way that I was pretty excited about and uh, Jerry who 
printed the booklet we've talked about before, Night the Symphony, Freight Tree Records. He, um, we were playing a show with his band and he heard us kind of road testing that song. And he mm-hmm. said, he, he was the one who was like, that is, that's, that's your song right yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. your song right now. And so he said, let's do the split. And so we did, we put that in earlier recording, like a, a, a rougher, um, still very good recording actually, um, of that record on a split seven inch with those guys. And, uh, and, uh, you know, it was, it was, uh, it was a high point you know, I think in terms of our songwriting and all of that stuff. And so when we were getting ready to put this record together, it's like, well, we got to have that. And then Jerry, again, also convinced us that it needs to be the uh, the first track on the record. Um, well, because it, it, it is a bold move out. doing that as the first as the first song, right? Like some some bands are like, oh, no, we got to have a oh, we got to have like a ripper. It's got to be like, you know, a total ripper situation. OK, I don't know what just happened there, but that's a. <clears throat> First song's important. First song's always important. I, Welcome back. Yeah, exactly. Oh. We're back. Uh, first song's always important is what I was saying. Nice. And yeah. then, uh, you know, it, it, it's a uh, it's a choice. It's a choice to do that. It's a choice. And to, it wasn't uh, it wasn't obvious to us. I mean, you know, I, I always give Tony a bunch of crap for like wanting to have outside like input on this stuff. But in this case, I don't think we would have ended up with this for a whole bunch of reasons we had probably three or four songs that were going to be the first song until this one. And, uh, and Tony said, let's ask Jerry. And Jerry said, this is the one that's got to be. So. And so Jerry says, and doth it come to pass. Jerry, Jerry is a wise, wise gentleman. And we should all be following him the way I follow him. I dress like him. I, uh, you know, I, I pray, I pray to him nightly. <laughs> yeah, we're not just talking social media, people. It's when he says, "Yeah, follow. no, no, right, exactly." <laughs> when I say follow, I mean I'm wearing Nike. I right mean, now. he's got a hell of a tumbler. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, good, good dude, good dude. So then, uh, so any, I'm sorry. Any last thoughts on Tuck the Tail, the Long Tail Under? Um, no, just uh, I'm I'm proud of it. Yeah, it's a, it's a good. It's a it's, it's still fun to play. Well, that's good. <laughs> that's, a good that's a good thing. That's good for me to know, too, actually. Uh, like he, he never says that. That's awesome. No, no now it's not. <laughs> uh, it was. It was. It's in the past now. <laughs> John ruined it. John ruined it. So the, talk to me about uh, Slow Boil, then. The, uh, we got that. Slow Boil, slow boil was like um, almost a, like, you know, I think there was... If you're going to have Tuck be for first song, Slow Boil had to be the next song to like kind of recalibrate the record. Like yeah. this is a little bit about what we're at. Um, it has, you know, there's definitely like a narrative thread through the two songs, I think, that that makes sense to me. Um, but um, Slow Boil is our like, all right, let's 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 peel the doors off. Let's let's just let's do this um, for a while that the the initial uh, riff reminded me of a Mets song before we changed it. Mm. And so we were calling the song Mets for the longest time. And, uh, uh, and then, I mean, but that's often how it happens, right? Like you come in with something, you're like, Hey, I like this because it, re- I like this because it reminds me of X. And then you spend a lot of time trying to make it no longer sound like X. <laughs> <laughs> make sure that isn't true anymore. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, I think that's a really important step, right? I mean, I came across it organically. I was excited about yeah. it. But, it, you know, like I know there's something there. 
but I want to kind of strip it of its derivativeness if I can, you know, right. and, and that I think was, was the way this song came together. And then lyrically, I think that kind of, the kind of tension of it, like the kind of, like kind of fucked up, like density of it for me led to the subject matter, which was all about kind of finding yourself digging your hole deeper and deeper aging gracelessly uh spending too much time in bars disappointing the people who love you like that's kind of what the song like kind of became about for me and i think the sonic quality the sonic you know um the song writing arc that we had got me there i like the phrase shy temper i think that's a that's a that's one that stuck out to me. I was, I was like, "Oh, that's cool. That's that's a, that's like that's like a two-word story." <laughs> you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. It was. It's and that is that's actually as good a point to like build the song out of as any. I think you know that that having the the content of the song revolve around that phrase is. I'm I'm fine with that. Robert, any uh, thoughts on this one? Uh, I like the middle part. <laughs> Uh, it gave, that's the B part for people scoring at home. It, it had. It, it's like it. Like I just remember writing that and it being like sort of, like, hey, we're we're not, we're kind of not spazzy here. We're just kind of grooving along. At least that's yeah. in my mind. That's kind of how it felt. And and then and if you've seen us live, you've seen we have an entire, entire choreographed stage routine at that point. In the oh song. yeah, that, that was. I can see it in my mind <laughs> since I've seen you guys play so much. I could see it in my mind when, uh, when 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 that came through. I was like, oh yeah, this is where they do the thing. <laughs> it's super elaborate yeah yeah it's uh, yeah <laughs> so then uh third song in we got uh the family meal which i believe is that that was like a it was that the first single that was a yeah that's the one that depending if you're, if you're listening to this live it's the it's the one you can listen to now if you listen to it is that what time. is that conan is that what counts as a single now I like the, know, the the preview the preview the band camp preview song is that is that what counts as a single i have no idea a anymore. Question. Like I, yeah i don't know um but if that's the case yes. then yes i'm just gonna i'm gonna song. stay with authority that yes it is it's because i said it earlier and i don't want to you are as much an authority as anybody i could think of right now so you, <laughs> you i'm i'm fine with that this is actually the song that I could probably talk about the longest. So I'll probably, I'll, I'll try and keep it short for me. The content, this, is, this, is, this content, is the place to talk about it, man. Don't worry. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, you know, I mean, I think the songwriting happened the way it always happens. Like we, we come, we have a couple of riffs, we string them together. We get the feel for it. We kind of blurt some vocals over it. We see where those vocals are going. We hang on to a phrase and then we build it from there. Like that is our songwriting like you know mo to a t this song i decided early on with the title with the first few lines was um i realized it was about um chicago chef charlie trotter Hmm. um who was i mean he was probably the second national celebrity chef after alice waters like he was you know he's pre-bourdain he's like he was the guy he was the first person to have like 70 dollar cookbooks that nobody could cook from he was, you know, and um, and he was operating in Chicago. He's a really important Chicago figure. And um, but he also exhibited all of the terrible, bad behavior of the like enfant terrible, you know, kind of chef. He was like demanding and he was tough and he would throw pots and pans at least, you know, and everybody that worked in his kitchen went on to be at Alinea and Moto. Like, yeah. I mean, like, you know, everybody. Um, 
but late in his life, after he had to close a restaurant, ran into financial difficulties, um, he became this really weird, like kind of Shakespearean tragic figure for me. Hmm. And that came, that came home when his last days, he never let go of the building that his restaurant was in. Like he owned it, he never sold it, he never ended it. I guess in his last like few months, he would be seen entering this building, turning on the lights, and basically haunting the place, you know, before he before wow, he died. Wow. And and so I just ca- I could not shake that image. Like I just had no like this guy who was so important in so many ways. Um, and and yes, he made some mistakes, but he was also a genius. And everybody that ever studied under him would throw him under the bus every chance they had. And for me, again, it was a Shakespearean tragic thing. And just yeah. the, the idea of him like going through the kitchen, maybe cooking himself a meal, you know, like the, the family meal is made for one tonight. Like that is that's where that's where that came from. Um, and then so I told Robert that that's what this song was about and, and said, hey, we've got this whole section where you can like, you know, do whatever you want yeah, with that yeah. theme. Yeah, yeah. And he did this. I, uh, I heard Charlie Trotter. Then I went online, found out who he was. Uh, then, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, then uh, race to the computer. <laughs> I, I, I did a little looking into it because I didn't want to be like my, my impulse is to do something stupid. And I kind of got away with that a little bit on this, but but I, my, I looked up some. There's some story about how he was being sued for having sold a fake forty thousand bottle of dollar wine, and so my little bit in the middle where I sing is kind of from the perspective of this guy who got a paid forty thousand bucks for some wine and got ripped off by Charlie Trotter. So then he goes to the place to see, uh, to you know, to demand his money back, and then he just sees at night there's some figure lurking in in the rest. Kind of what John just described is right, kind of how right. I, I wrap it's, it up. This but it's is like the, the the outsider perspective. It's a little little story. sidebar, yeah. yeah. Sure, yeah. <laughs> and it worked. Like I mean, I'm just like I think that like and, and you know and I, you know, neither of us had veto power or like suggestive power over what the other person decided to write for their sections, lyrically speaking. Yeah. But. You know, we we got there. Like, I mean, to me, it totally makes sense to have that story be part of this story. So, it's almost the like interweaving narratives, uh, or uh, you know, Rashomon effect of oh, you know, if we're gonna be more to film <laughs> film critique. Oh, yes, I do have the Criterion Channel. Thank you. I, I I'm not into French cinema, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more into you know, good American movies like Michael Bay. <laughs> If there's not a lens flare, I'm not there. <laughs> You'll never see me again. I'll be out the door. <laughs> yep, pretty much. Uh, Hack is the next song. Well, this is oh, this is I've got to remember this. This is uh, the one with our guest guest guitarist, right? Yeah, yeah, John. Yeah, I, I know these by the old oh, our old titles of which. <laughs> so, uh, Robert, right? This, yeah, that. The, yeah, Grumpy from from Sweet Cobra does a little uh, extra guitaring on this. We it start like normally when we were writing the song, it was done with a, a loop pedal, and when we play it live, you'll often see John play with a loop pedal. But uh, we got him to come in and help recording, and that was that actually for me. That's like the best part of the song is just having that extra element in there, and because we did not tell him like except for maybe a little bit of that first initial riff that he plays at the beginning. John didn't say this is what you play. It's like here's the song. I, I want you to kind of play here, play here, play here. Just write your parts, and, and he came up with some pretty cool stuff. Yeah. Now he's got full on like co-songwriting 
like, you know, credit for that. I mean, just the way he took what I do on the robot, I'm sorry, on the, on the loop pedal and like, and, you know, kind of, uh, built on it and changed it and made it better. Like, um, I mean, every chance we get, we will play, you know, with him yeah. uh, to, to play that song. Great um, player. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, no, he's the best. He's just like intuitive. He's super intuitive. Um, and just one of the best dudes ever. Have you met Grumpy before? Yeah. He's just like, he's the sweetest dude. Um, the song itself is actually pretty dark. Um, it's, uh, it's about a mutual friend of ours who was doing gig work. He was driving for one of the share ride things, Uber, I think, and um, had one of those nights that just went, everything that could go wrong went wrong. And I'm not talking about like, missed a turn or yeah. you know got stiffed on the fair but um you know just there was violence involved in the whole thing and he still suffers a little bit of um, ptsd from it and so um this song was inspired by his uh by his experience and his um you know uh the way he the way i think he feels he might feel about that stuff now um and uh yeah, and, and, you know, and therefore, like, kind of a, I don't know, a cautionary tale about the gig work economy. I don't know. I don't want to make it too big, but, you know, there we have it. Well, yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to necessarily be Bob Dylan's hurricane or something. <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, no, this is better than that. Come on. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's certainly shorter than that. That is a very long song. <laughs> uh, but I don't know no, if that should be your metric, though. You know, it's... it's a... It's a pretty long one. I, it's a, this is a this is an important song for me because I think of I think of our mutual friend every time every time we sing it you know every time we play it and uh, and uh, it's just um, you know it's an important song to me. Salt is the next one, which is the the end of uh, side A or side one I guess technically. This Robert, is, this is babies. Just in case. Yes, yes. Yeah, this babies. is this is probably the oldest song on the record. Uh, I think it was one of the first ones we wrote after uh, Last Hydronaut. And for that reason, I think it's like, of the songs on the record, I think it's like the one that we least go back to and when we when we do shows and stuff. But I like, I really like the bass part that I play. I mean, I'm more, I didn't write, I like the tech, I mean, into my parts, basically, is what I'm saying. We all are, Robert. We all are. I do some pre- pretty, uh, pretty goofy things in there that I, I don't really do a, like I'm playing chords at one point and just and it, it's a fun song for me to play we don't often play it these days but it, it's uh, I kind of like it I kind of like it I just, All right, just check we'll out that band Monogon all right I hear you. okay we're working band shit out in real time here on the radio <laughs> okay it's cool um no uh for me I, this is one of those songs where I you know when we first wrote it I like called it like something like cute babies or whatever because it sounded so poppy to me at, at first right, right and then i went back and realized that i think we changed time signature like 15 times in this song <laughs> like i mean that, it, that's like you're getting paid by the time signature change at that point yeah i know right <laughs> exactly. and i think i think to be perfectly honest i think i kind of shut that one down a little bit once i realized that because i was a little yeah. embarrassed i was like oh my god people are going to think that we're trying to be you know rush or whatever um 
but uh, but, it, but I promise you, we came by it honestly. You know, it's just like it was all the flow. It all made sense to us at the time. It was only in retrospect that we realized how kind of how fucked up it was. Longtime listeners of the show will be sick of me talking about this, but uh, there there was a a friend show I went to once that a prog band played, and afterwards. Uh, one of the the fella who of course had very proggy frizzy hair and he was sitting down on a stool too and he's just like um you may not be aware that all the songs we were playing are not in traditional 4-4 time that one was and I was like oh my god are you fucking kidding me right now (laughs) (laughs) really and I was and it was like and and to be clear there were the other bands me and like four other people here it's like dude nobody here cares about that at all yeah Uh, but You're leaving out the coolest part of the story. What was the time signature? <laughs> <laughs> it was, and that's that's the funny thing about the story is like I think every time I tell the story, it's a different time signature, but it really doesn't matter because it it, it really what what amounts is the importance of like him explaining what the time signatures were. <laughs> so can I just a quick digression from that? And this yeah. is a really important <laughs> from a completely digression. unrelated story. Yeah, go ahead. So yeah, if I could digress from your digression. If we could digress squared. How dare you? First of all, how dare you? But okay, yes. (laughs) So, I mean, I don't know. You know, you know, Rose and you know, right. I mean, just like two of the, you know, poster, poster children, like just two forces of independent rock in the Midwest. And, um, and, you know, Robert and I were lucky enough to be in Champaign when they were playing their first shows and, you know, you know, share the stage with them occasionally and the whole thing. And um, and uh, I can't remember. If, I think it was Rose, who, when it came to time signatures, said something along the lines of, "The key to making interesting rock and roll is if you're playing a time signature that isn't four four, make it sound like it is. If you're playing a song that isn't in four four, make it sound like it's not." And I, nice. I, I, yeah, I internalize that so hard. Like, I mean, I think, I think that is a unifying, like, piece of my songwriting, like, to this day. Right, right. Yeah, you Rose, if you're listening, that. disabuse me of that. You know, sorry if I misquoted you. <laughs> yeah, and that's, uh, yeah, that, that's another reason why maybe you don't want to announce them after each song like that band did. That, again, that was years ago, too. Uh, but I think that that's, that's an interesting point because you know for the listener they're not going to be sitting there you know with a, a sextant and a sextant wait no uh, uh, abacus <laughs> i was thinking of <laughs> I, I was thinking maybe it would be a coal fired metronome yeah yeah exactly uh, it's good it's a callback um no, I, I think that i think that's important did, so is, was this always like did you know where this was going to be like side a ender originally or is it they just kind of end up being that way we went through several song orders and i don't know if this one was like i think at one point of June was going to end this side. We, we moved him around a bit. So, and it was only at the last minute when uh, we kind of had outside people listen, you know, so, you know, Jerry suggested that we start with talk and then it all started to fall into place. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So then, so let's talk about side B or side two, yeah, whatever, whatever floats your boat, so to speak. Uh, June of 14. <laughs> uh is this the, is this the one with the cool sound effect in the middle? Which one do we no, do that? No, I think that was actually Family Meal. 
Oh, so we yeah, we missed the boat on that. Oh, um, you, you, you can still talk about it. You're not barred no, 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 from talking no, no. about earlier no, it's, songs. It's 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 a it's an Easter egg. Don't worry about yeah. it. We didn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a post credit scene. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Uh, Judah fourteen. Um, it's a song we've been playing for a long time, and uh, it you know I mean obviously the title is uh, is a reference to the amazing band June of 44. Yep. It's one of those working titles that just stuck, you know, like it, it it's uh, I think there was, at some point there was a, a, you know, something about my guitar part that might've reminded me of June of 44. Sure. Yeah, but yeah. Again, we wanted to strip the strip that kind of direct influence of it. We fixed it, you know, whatever, but it stuck just because it seemed so poignant to me at least. Um, and uh, you know it's a it's a slower, like kind of bit of a build for us. Um, you know it's it it does the quiet loud, you know quiet thing, uh, in a way that we that this band has never really done before. And uh, so for me, it's one of my favorite ones to play live. Um, uh, it just it's it's a bit of a breather in the middle of the set, but it's also like. You know, it's a physical breather, but it's also a literal, like a like a metaphorical breather. It's like a, like okay, let's there's there's something to hang on to here. Let's all just kind of calm down. Let's you know, it, it, it's a for me this song is a little bit of a bomb, <laughs> like a lip balm, lip balm, right, yeah. right, yeah. right. Robert, uh, uh, it's it's pretty cool. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I, it's, uh, it's got some, uh, it, it's kind of tough for me to play some at times, but uh, yeah, I like, I like it. I don't know. Tony, what do you think? <laughs> Tony, where's Tony? <laughs> just, just coming in right now. Tony, to save our asset. Tony, Tony, no Tony. Okay. No, I, you know, the song for me is about, um, and, you know, and I kind of took that kind of the sparseness of it and kind of the, the way it makes me feel emotionally. And uh, I realized that, um, you know, it's, it, the song makes me feel a little bit lost when it, it brings up those feelings of, of being lost when I play it. And so, right. um, you know, it's, uh, and then on top of that, kind of not being able to fix that, like not being able to like figure out how to get out of that rut. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, like there's one line in there that's um, it's all been done over, but nothing's been done right with yeah. nothing done right. And that just feels like it's a Sisyphusian kind of like existential thing that I live with every single fucking minute. <laughs> well, I like the, uh, you know, it's similar place earlier, but the toe the line and discovered I'm on the wrong side. It was sort of like, like oh, yeah, that's. Yeah, no, mm. that's it. Yeah that's it like it's it's just you, you you think you got it together and then you look around and you realize the line is like four feet behind you you know <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's exactly it not that's exactly ideal it. yeah so then we have a so the, the next song is jeff's so can you tell me mr mr book word guy that you are what when you have that implied uh pluralization that uh parentheses s and is there a word for that 
I have no idea. No. I wish I wish I knew. I wish I knew. Um, but the title is actually pretty, like you know, a pretty funny thing about this about this song. Please tell me, Robert, more. you got it. Well, we this we were playing the song, like we were working out the bones of the song, and uh, I think we got got it going, and then at some point I'm like, oh. This would be really cool if we got like Jeff from Nice the Symphony to sing at this part, you know, kind of how he sings. And I shouldn't have said that because then it's like, well, Robert, since since you've got this sound in your head of what it should sound like, why don't you sing this one? And it's like, all right, okay. So uh, it's it's basically, uh, and then we we that was like our placeholder name for a while because like, oh yeah, it's this, it's the one I try and sound like Jeff from, and uh, and just we never changed the title. Yeah. that's how it, that's how it ended up yeah and then like it, it became this thing i think when when robert said oh yeah i think i might like to like it'd be great if jeff sang on this i'm like well you should jeff all over this that's what you should do <laughs> you should jeff all over this you're jeffing all over me <laughs> yeah exactly nice. um this song is really fun i mean this is this is a song that Robert came in with both the bass guitar and the uh, guitar guitar, the other guitar. Like kind it's, of all it's the capo, which is why figured <laughs> out. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, this is this is the song with our big key change, which is which means we move we put actually put a capo on. But um but uh yeah, no, I mean, you know, Robert came in with this thing like at least half formed and uh and it was exciting. I would love for that to happen more often. What do you got? What do you got? Uh, hint, hint, hint. How much time do we have? Let me write something. <laughs> I've got a baby name book. I, we can go through and make all sorts of names with S's at the end. Wait a minute. Why do you have a baby name book? Uh, I collect just, babies. Just asking. <laughs> Duh. Hello. <laughs> Uh, I, I was gonna say in, in the book too. This is the one that's got the uh, the salamander with the sort of uh, rocketeer style uh, outfit on. He's, that's yeah. one of my favorite of the animals. There's the salamander. Right. You're welcome. Well, it's you. It's yours. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite, Robert? Do you have a favorite? Uh, I like the grouper, just because I got the colors yeah. right. I think uh, that's the one I use on the cover of the booklet, and that's kind of why I picked that one. For me, it's, not, it's it, by far it's the frog. The frog. Oh, okay. The frog's yeah. pretty rad. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do like the idea of a shrimp with that's hang gliding, but I, you know, it's not the most interesting <laughs> image on the on the cover. But I do like the concept of a hang gliding shrimp. As the setup <laughs> and or punchline of a joke, it's fantastic. But as a visual <laughs> image, it maybe leaves some shit there. And the shrimp was hang gliding. Ah! <laughs> oh, it's so good. You hear that? The shrimp was hang gliding. <laughs> Boxes next. Boxes. Yes, uh, I know this one. <laughs> let me let me take this one. It's not again, is it not? <laughs> thanks, uh, thanks for your participation, Robert. This is this was like a this was just a quick thing that worked, you know, like you know, brought it into practice, like we clicked in immediately. Uh, uh, you know, the lyrics that are on it. Or something I'm, I'm not even entirely sure I stand by at this point. This is how long we've been playing some of these songs. But, you know, it's kind of about the way that discourse has changed and how I kind of miss it having, uh, I miss the concept at least of like, mm. you know, rowdy people shouting things out in a 
dance hall or a union hall or a, or a town square. Um, you know, that the fact that I think that, um, you know, the, the, the veil of the internet makes it too easy for people to like kind of throw bombs and run away. Um, but, um, and I'm, you know, I'm not, that's, that's a, that's a, that's a old man wearing onions on his belt kind of concept at this point. But at the same time, uh, you know, it's, it, it, it felt right when we were kind of putting the song together. Um, but I, I don't know. I really, I really love this song. It's so much fun to play. It's so much fun to play. Did that, uh, strike any chords for you there, Robert? Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's somewhat basic in terms of just like, it's, it seems very like, it's not as frantic or crazy as some of our other ones, but it, that's, I think what makes it fun to play is it's just kind of straightforward and, and, uh, well, it's not that straightforward, but it's a Nonagon song, so yeah. But uh, <laughs> I, I think the reason the reason we settled on boxes, which was also another one where the working title stuck, is because the the riff that I'm playing on the guitar is basically a box, right? You know, ah, you it's know, like the you box pattern, I mean? yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Right, but then there's part of the song that becomes about the soapbox that people like, kind of, you know, get on to orate or whatever, and so those two things kind of came together, and we're like, okay, fine, this is a song we don't have to think of a different title for. Let's move on. <laughs> it's fine move on well it's also you know it's, it's, it's it, you, you can come up with all kinds of fantastical stories of what it means it's one of those ones that uh you know uh, you can imbue meaning into it if you feel so inclined come up with some total nonsense story and uh you know is that what you did what do you think it was about i, I had no idea that's why i'm asking you yeah, okay, fair enough fair enough Totally fair enough. Believe me, if I had any idea, I'd just be like, here's what your songs are about. It's this, 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 and no. Well, I mean, to be perfectly honest, Conan, I mean, like, we, I like, I, those songs are always my favorite. Those songs, I mean, that's why I was kind of wandering into this interview with a little bit of trepidation because the way that I prefer to write lyrics is also the way that I prefer to hear lyrics. Whereas right. I think I have, like, the, the thread but I'd rather like kind of imbue my own, like, you know, approach to it, you know? And I, and I, I, I hope, I think, despite me telling everybody right now, what every song is about that, that they can bring their own thing to it. You know, there are some phrases in there that I, that I think might be ambiguous enough that I'm hoping other folks will, will find their way inside of it. I mean, it's a jumping off point, right? And, and, and the idea is that just by, by sharing the experiences and giving context to where it came from doesn't immediately say definitionally that's the only thing that it has to be. And right. I, I think that that's... I, th- I think that w- the artist needs to give the listener some credit for being able to think for themselves and also a reality check that, you know, the people that are going to look for this type of deep dive are the people that can look for this kind of deep dive and they're going to take that into their uh, field of, of knowledge and they're going to, you know, do of that what they will. But it's not like everyone's like going to be sitting there like, Oh, I can only think of it this way now or something along those lines. And people can hear whatever right. they're going to hear. Right. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> swing, swing goat is next. Oh yeah. This one, this one got retooled a little bit to be part of that. Uh, what is it called? The uh, the pre- unprecedented unprecedented compilation. Oh, that, right. Yeah. Uh, of course. Yeah. This is where this song first 
showed up a, a different version of this song first showed up on that compilation yeah i didn't know how to play the bass during that one that when we recorded it the first time really I'm, i haven't listened I, to I, I think i i think i had just kind of got written my parts around that time and so they're very sloppy sorry sorry about that unprecedented purchasers <laughs> <laughs> so the conceit you single-handedly of that, kept huh? trump in office for that entire time because of your mediocre bass playing gomez oh my god i knew it had to be robert's fault somehow I Only you had written your part ahead of time. Yeah, well, maybe it was intentional. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dun, dun, uh, so yeah, so obviously the, the conceit of that comp was people contributing to their displeasure for the current administration at the yeah. time. And, uh, and so I think we took a little bit of a different approach to it. It wasn't just like one, two, three, four, fuck Trump. Um, not that there were, I mean, everybody approached it in really smart ways. Yeah, of course. Everybody approached it a little bit sideways, actually. But I think, you know, for me, it was important to kind of own up to the fact that the whole thing happened on our watch, that the whole thing happened while we were all, like, kind of asleep at the wheel. Yeah. And so that's kind of what the song's about for me. And none of it came from nowhere either. And that's something that I think it's, you know... <laughs> Yeah, you can scream for accountability all you want, but uh, you can't make people take stock of their own situation sometimes. Uh, I mean, I think it was just a, like so many people who are my enemies right now weren't for a while, but they were ignored by me and when you know by people like me for a really long time, and they you know and and they went to one side and I went to the other side, and that's where it was, and you know I I just. You know, I, 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 I don't think that's the whole story. Uh, obviously, it's not the whole story, but I think it's an important part of the story. The Holdouts is next. Ah. It's a funky one. Yeah, I, I like I get all flea on this one. Not really. <laughs> the, 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 the animal, not the bass player. Um, it's really just the sock wearing, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, this this one uh, has kind of grown on us. I think it may have maybe the the last of of the, these songs on the album that we on the album that we actually have written wrote. Maybe the last one that came. Yeah, I think it was came the, together. It was the freshest, yeah, yeah. And uh, and it's kind of grown on us, and we and uh, yeah, and it's not, I don't have much to say about what it's about. It's you know, it's about that thing that John's about to tell you. <laughs> I do want to say about it's about all those things he's about to tell you. It's going to be fantastic. The approach to the music was a little bit different on this. I think, like, I, I feel like I feel like we were getting a little bit of our like little kind of funk groove on. Like, I you know, it was not. Um, yeah. It was the kind of thing that, like, when we started playing it and it started coming together, it was the kind of thing that like cooler me of like twenty five years ago would have said, "We can't do this. It sounds." too much like you know it sounds it sounds funky or it's not you know whatever and um but yeah, like, as of four is funky you know what i mean like, i know there's, there's well, different that's ways exactly to funk. Right. yeah look i'm not <laughs> look i i will agree with you on the ignorance of youth yeah. all over the place right you know that's it was, it's it's one of those things let, let us agree and, that uh, the youth are ignorant okay go ahead yeah <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it just started to make sense as it gelled, you know, as the parts came together. Uh, and we enjoyed, like, swinging our hips a little bit while we were playing it. And, um, 
and but you know then of course i had to like make it be about the you know the evils of you know uh, developers and property owners and you know, the whole thing i had to fugazi all over it you know uh you know which is just so no right. slam dancing during this one it's fugazi <laughs> <laughs> you've been fugazi son i just i can't help myself i can't help myself then, oh, uh, and this one has this one has a blood curdling scream in the middle. If you listen closely, oh, <laughs> it does. Your blood will curdle. <laughs> Gang vocals, we love them. <laughs> we, we should. We forgot to put that on the front of. The, God damn it! The warning sticker. We never got the warning stickers made. Your blood will curdle. God damn it! Well, again, save it for the second edition. Right, exactly. <laughs> Where, by the way, we will start making money. So please point your browser to bandcamp.com. Uh, so then that uh, rounds out the album with bells. Uh, this is our, one of our, good, our, our best fans, Annie. She loves this song. Uh, she thinks it's so boring. She thinks it's so boring. <laughs> she comes by it honestly, though. I mean, it's like, you know, this is this was an experiment in minimalism for us, which is something that we don't normally do. I mean, it's based around one repeating chord, like, you know, uh, the changes were minor. We instead of messing with the chords, we mess with the time signature at one point. Um, so it was a bit of experiment that I think kind of worked just because it's so weird. We've got this giant discordant chord that just gets repeated and repeated and repeated. I think the more you listen to it, the more you realize kind of how wrong and how right it is. At least that's, that's where I go with it. I'm, I'm pretty excited sonically with the way that song kind of came together. And, and going back to our talk about uh, track order, from the get-go, this was always going to be the end. The, end, the album was always going to end with this song. You that, knew was it was like, gonna, that was going to be the yeah, end. Yeah. 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 It's, you know, it's big and it's dramatic and, you know, it has a has a decay at the end that we're excited about you know it's like a, it was yeah this was always the this was always the closer well i think it's a hell of a record boys i think uh it's, oh, thank you i think everyone should uh, check it out and of course if you're going to nonagonchicago.bandcamp.com as uh, is, is the place to go you can also you can probably, you can probably go to the control burn website right he said without looking at all ahead of time oh yes. yeah for sure yeah <laughs> i yeah. assume so <laughs> yeah. and if you go there those pirates at Bandcamp won't get their cut yeah exactly those those bastards cutthroats <laughs> yeah they only have money clearly uh, uh this has been great guys um, have we I'd say we should have done a long time ago, but you've got a kick-ass record, and it was real cool to go over it in this engrossing detail with you guys. Uh, last thing, something I always ask folks on the show, is uh, it's, a, it's the only can question. We'll start with you, Robert, then we'll go to you, John, and just, uh, why do you do what you do? What do I do with what I do? Just uh, the, the answer is just because it feels good, and it's wow. fun. Hedonist. I always knew it. I always knew you were a hedonist. <laughs> I do it for the Lord Satan, of course. <laughs> do as thou wilt. <laughs> I want you to elaborate a little bit, Robert, because I'm not, I'm not quite sure why you do what we do. Well, uh, Sometimes. I, 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 well, I, uh, I enjoy playing the music. You heard it, it everybody. <laughs> you heard it. He enjoys I, it. I, I, I realized... After uh, the record. Uh, the record nine nine months of not practicing and doing anything, you know, 
getting back together these last few months. We've had a few practices. You know, this make this might be something I like. I think uh, I'm coming around to it after 17 I can't years. Tell you. I can't <laughs> tell you how happy this moment is making me tear up. Like I'm literally tearing up right now. <laughs> Beautiful, John. Uh, same question to you. Again, interpret however you like. Why do you do? What I you do it because it makes Robert happy. No, no, no. <laughs> I I do it. It's super complicated. I do it because it's uh, I do it because it's a thing that I've always wanted to do, despite not being very good at it. Like I, I've always like I, I I listen to the bands that I love, and I and I go see the shows that move me, and I've always wanted to do that. And um, despite the fact that. I'm not really great at it in a lot of ways. Uh, it's the chase of that for me is exciting, and that's why I do it. That, that's that's the perfect John Hasty answer. Let me just say that uh, you are fantastic at it, and I'm not going to let you say <laughs> it. I'll cut you off if you try. Uh, and appreciate you. Appreciate you guys coming on the show. They Birds by Nonagon. Nonagonchicago.bandcamp.com. Uh, you're at least on Facebook. I know that. You're on some other social media stuff, right? So uh, go go look at that. Click on it. Do the, whatever the thing is you do. <laughs> and, uh, fellas, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thanks Conan, for thank us. you. This was great. Thank you. It's fantastic. Thanks. There they go. Robert and John of Nonagon. Let's listen to a Nonagon song. At some date, we'll actually do that. Okay, there we go. <laughs> <laughs>
Monogon, The Family Meal. That is off of the record. Vaybirds, available now. Control Burn Records. Go and get it. Make it happen. Live the dream. Get into Nonagon, the Nonagon boys. Nonagonchicago.bandcamp.com. Thank you for listening to Protonic Reversal. If you're listening live, we've got the operative coming up uh, with Heather Smith of Bone and Bell. And that's going to be coming up momentarily. Everyone else, ProtonicReversal.com for the archives. Uh, let's see, what else? Patreon.com slash ProtonicReversal. All that good stuff. Thank you so much. You're listening to Radio Nope. And, uh, yeah, go buy yourself an Onagon record. As they say in the parlance of our times, treat yourself to some Donagon. That's right. ProtonCommercial.com. On all the things, et cetera, et cetera, ad infinitum. Cool. Thanks for listening, folks. All right. Nonagon with the family meal off of the birds. Available now, Control Burn Records. Nonagonchicago.bandcamp.com. Control Burn. Great times, great oldies. <laughs> I'd like to thank John Hasey and Robert Gomez for uh, coming on the show. No thanks to Tony. <laughs> uh, no, no, we, 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 love, we love Tony. He's, he's awesome. Next time. That'll be for next record. You know, 2030 when that happens. Hey, listen. The name of the show is Conan Neutron's Proton Reversal. This show happens, generally speaking, Thursdays, 8 Eastern, 7 Central, 6 Mountain, 5 Pacific. Also at other times and dates. Always on RadioNope.com. RadioNope. Say yes to Nope. Archives. ProtonicReversal.com. If you like the show, want to hear episodes sooner? $1 a month will get you there. Patreon.com slash ProtonicReversal. No ads, no sponsors, no kidding. Mr. and Mrs. America, all the ships at sea. Uh, big shout out to big shout out. Within the sound of my voice. Thank you very much, uh, everybody who has shared the show around, uh, you know, talked about it to their friends, I've got so on and so on. Fifty thousand watts of power. likes and shares and reviews and whatnot may seem absurd, but it helps people discover the show. It's always appreciated. Thank you for doing that, and thank you for listening. Who's coming up? Uh, oh, Rick Frober. Rick Frober coming up next. Microphone turns sound into electricity. Greg Sonier of uh, Deerhoof again, and uh, yeah, a bunch of other stuff. Now? Just stay tuned. Out on Route 128. Take it easy. Stay safe. Take Got it easy. Can you hear me now?
Yes, 